0: The furry fluff pieces end here. This is a weekly furry podcast that finally tells it like it is. There's no holding back on this week's episode of Unleashed. And now here's your host, Lifty Husky.
1: Greetings, folks, and welcome to another exciting week of furry news and information and rants with yours truly, the prescriber of the hard truth, Lifty Husky. Welcome to Unleashed. And this week, I wanted to bring up a very simple but difficult question to ask. And that question is, is furry a cult? I know that this is a very difficult question to ask because everybody's going to say either yes or no and bring up their own reasoning behind it. And I wanted to bring up some things that I wanted to talk about that kind of point towards that direction. But at the end of the episode, I want everybody to discuss Is Furry a cult? I want you to think about it. I want you to come up with examples yourself. And you're free to disagree with me on any of these examples. And you're free to talk about it. You're free to tell me via Twitter, at Lifty Unleashed, What you think and what you believe is an example of being a cult or not being a cult. So why I'm doing this is because uh, there's a list that came up on my Twitter feed a little while ago. A little tweet by Parker Forefellow at KibblesArt on Twitter. That says, this is very much modern furry, but no points that out because the people perpetuating it are perceived as good. And it's so easy to label others as bad. And this list is titled, Red Flags, that your online community is run by bullies or abusers. And I know that I've mentioned, we're talking about cults here. But also, we have this list talking about bullies and abusers. So I'm like, hold on a minute, Lizzie. you got to differentiate the two. And let me clarify a bit. So cults have as their feature, they have a person at the very top that everybody venerates. The person is untouchable. Whatever the person says goes. They're the leader. They point the way and everybody just follows. Nobody asks questions. Nobody talks back to the leader. Nobody thinks independently. Nothing. That's part of being part of a cult and it's very easy to actually see micro cults within the furry fandom actually centered around like different personalities within the community but i want to go through this list and think about examples that come across within this community so the first thing on the list is uh, public callouts posts, and block lists are common. And yes, that is very common in the furry community. And you can say that this show is perpetuating call outs, even though I'm trying to be better than that. I'm trying to be better than the person that just calls out randos because they did this or they said that or they're in this group or they're involved with this dude, whatever. Anyway, public call out posts and block lists are common. So this actually perpetuates an us-versus-them scenario where cults love to be perpetuating victimhood. They love to be the victim. They love to make everybody feel that they're being persecuted for their beliefs. And just about every cult feels this way. And so block lists and call-out posts are a way of public shaming. They're a way to shun the people who don't believe them, who are different from them, who criticize them, blah, blah, blah. Everybody is doing call-out posts and block lists because you're not part of it. You're not with it. You don't agree. So we need to call you out and we need to weed you out. Do you see where this is going? Of course, we see call-out posts and block lists on Twitter all the time for furries. And they think that they're doing something good, but in the end, they're doing this shit. And then uh, moving on, associating with certain users earns you a call out or block list. you know, again, with point number one, yes, people do this. This is why blockchains on Twitter are so popular among the most woke of the furries, because all they have to do is just set up blockchain. And then suddenly, if you're following somebody of somebody, you get blocked, even though you've never ever interacted with a person they still block you anyway because you're part of a block list you are following or liking the tweets of somebody who is problematic or who is following somebody who's problematic and it's just dumb because it suddenly becomes an entire tree map of people that they associate with that one problematic person and it's just a complete tree map of people that they perceive to be problematic it's paranoia is what it is Because these people actually believe that you and everybody who you associate with is wrong, is terrible, is a Nazi, is a bigot, is a racist, blah, 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 whatever. So they do these block lists. They do these block chains. Because more than likely, anybody that they block, they don't want to associate with their followers either. Harassment and exclusion of others are used as forms of punishment. Yes. So this is a very, very common thing about cults is that exclusion is a major form of punishment in a cult. When you build your entire social network and hierarchy out of the people within the cult, you get scared of getting out of that cult. You get scared of losing your social net and having to just be cast out into the world by yourself with no help whatsoever. Your family's gone, your friends are gone, you're just all on your own and for a lot of furries that's very devastating because many of the furries here they have friends who are furries and a lot of these furries if they get canceled or called out or removed from a group they don't want to associate with that dude it's devastating and it's a terrible cult tactic it's a manipulation tactic to try to keep you in and try to keep you in line Posts of receipts are common, especially older posts, likes, or follows. Oh boy. So this isn't exactly cult tactics, but it's another manipulation technique. So best example is uh, when they try to cancel Odin Wolf. Of course, Odin Wolf doesn't have a Twitter account anymore. But they went back eight years to go and find a tweet where he quotes the title of a song that he liked and tried to use it as a very you know wink wink nudge nudge tongue-in-cheek kind of joke and it it did kind of come off as maybe the word may have been used to refer to racist connotations but i i I don't believe that odin wolf is a racist i don't at all but nevertheless they dug up that tweet from eight years ago just to cancel him Eight years later, and I'm thinking, why didn't anybody say anything eight years ago? Nobody said anything for eight fucking years. And then here you go trying to dig up this shit and try to get him removed because you think he's a racist for something that he said eight years ago that nobody cared about. Why the hell are you caring now? You have an agenda and you want to get him canceled because you can't find anything recent so you gotta dig and dig and dig and dig and dig until you finally find something that you believe is a nugget this is what happens in the furry fandom like anything that you post on twitter can still be searchable years down the line it doesn't matter when you said it, it doesn't matter the context if it's even remotely controversial in any way shape or form they'll find it and they'll cancel you for it years down the line Uh, You fear liking, commenting, or engaging with certain users or content. And this is a great cult tactic. This is an actual cult tactic right here. So most cults have critics that the members of the cult are advised not to talk to. And they are actually advised to talk to people in the cult. Your friends are in the cult. They advise that you reach out to elders or to people who are well-versed in the information within the cult to answer your questions about anything in the cult. So any contradictions or any things that don't make sense within the cult, hey, just ask this person and we'll talk about it. They don't want you engaging with anybody who's critical. Nobody at all. This is because they want to control the flow of information so that it goes positive for them and negative for the critics. They want to paint the critics in a negative light as possible. So when people are of a certain mindset, they try to paint those people in a very negative light, just to persuade people not to associate with them. And they're doing that to me as well. I know people locally who don't like me, who don't like this podcast, but I'm still going anyway because I'm not going to cancel this podcast and neither will Spotify. And I know that I'm living rent-free inside these people's heads. And I'm like, it's such a beautiful feeling. Absolutely. Because they hate me for what I believe in. And they hate me because I can willingly stand up and say this and shout this at the top of my lungs. And they want everybody to not listen to me. I mean, what's wrong with asking questions? What's wrong with talking about some of these things? What's wrong with disagreeing? There's nothing wrong with disagreeing on this podcast ever. You can always disagree come to me and disagree. I don't, you know, let's have a conversation. But anyway, we need to continue this conversation after these messages, stick around. There's more Unleashed after this. Unleashed.
0: I just was devastated. You get tied to them more than you realize.
1: Each year, the pet alliance of greater Orlando takes care of thousands of pets looking for a new home. However, a devastating fire recently ripped through their shelter leaving many dogs and cats without a home once again. This scene right here is just your living nightmare. Now they need your help more than ever. With your online donation, you can help ensure that the dogs and cats that survived the blaze get the care and shelter they need to be healthy and happy pets for loving families. Just go to PetAllianceOrlando.org today and click donate. Every dollar counts, and all donations are tax deductible. There's also other ways you can donate, such as donating supplies or even volunteer, all on their website.
0: I'm just happy for uh, who survived and who made it.
1: Head to petallianceorlando.org to find out how you can help today. With your donation, a four-legged friend can become the best friend for someone near you. Unleashed! Welcome back to Unleashed. So in the first segment, we went over a lot of the red flags that your online community is run by bullies or abusers. I want to talk about the last few bullet points on that list. And then I want to shift it over to the signs that you may be in a cult. On this list, apologies and explanations in response to call-outs are often taken in bad faith. So I've seen this a lot too. What I see on Twitter is that when a furry is being called out and the people who are doing the call outs are demanding an apology. And this is a trap. I know this because I've seen it. What happens is that when they demand an apology and they acquiesce to the apology or the person that is being called out actually apologizes for their actions, the group that they're apologizing to says, nah, no. Nah, go away. We're not taking this apology of yours. Go away. No, I'm dumbfounded because the person actually did exactly what they wanted to do. And the problem is that it doesn't do anything to get their respect back. It doesn't get any forgiveness. These people are not forgivers. They're not here to forgive you. They're here to break you down, to destroy you, and to push you out of furry forever. And then when you apologize, you're just giving them more control over you. This is another control tactic. It has nothing to do with forgiveness because they're not giving forgiveness for anything you do. No matter how bad it is, they ask you to apologize. Trust me, they are not going to accept your apology. They're going to break you down. They're going to set you as an example until you leave and you never come back posts frequently guilt trip you into sharing or avoiding certain content. This is also very true. A lot of posts are just basic call outs over certain sexual content. We should be considering who is consuming this content? How old are they? Have you noticed how many people aren't really all that concerned about who is consuming it? How old they are? But they will tell you what is right and wrong sexually. They guilt trip you into believing that what you're consuming is incorrect, it's false. We need you to consume this instead. If you posting stuff about this on your Twitter, you're gonna be called out in a matter of minutes because it doesn't appeal to my standard. Therefore, you're gonna be called out for it until it does meet my standard. For anybody who's experienced this, You kind of get where I'm going here. And then finally, you tend to feel high levels of guilt or anxiety about your behavior online. Folks, let's sit down for a minute. Let's talk real for a minute. If you ever feel anxious or guilty about having a Twitter or having a not safe for work Twitter or an AD Twitter and you feel guilty about what you're posting there, I have news for you. You are not living your authentic self. You are living a kind of lie that is carefully curated by the people that want to control you. They have no concern for your well-being. They don't care who you are. They just want to control you. They could care less about what you're interested in, but they do want to control you. This gets me because I know of a lot of people that live a facade on Twitter. You could say, oh, yeah, well, everybody's wearing fursuits. When everybody's wearing fursuits, who's themselves? That's my point. If you are feeling guilty or you're feeling a high level of anxiety, just being yourself, you tend to push your true self away. That's where self-loathing starts to creep in, dig its roots into you. And it doesn't let go. Folks, we need to grab a hold of this. We need to grab a hold of this behavior. Nobody should make you feel guilty for being yourself. Nobody should make you feel anxious for being yourself. The people that do don't care about your true self, what you like, what you're interested in, who you are. They only want to control you. And they want to control not just you, but everybody else. And they want to control you so that you are falling in line to their version of what you should be. Not what you should be but what they think you should be. And these people have no good interest in you. They're not your friends. They just want to control you. They could care less about you. I really wish more people understood this because there are so many people on Twitter right now that are just living lies because they're afraid that if they step one foot out of line, they're going to get called out. So now I want to jump to something that I found on Medium. 10 signs you're probably in a cult. And this is written by Sam and Tanner, who are ex-Mormons. This is a really great, brilliant article from uh, ex-Mormons. And I will say this, I've dealt with the LDS church before. And yes, they are undeniably a cult. And I don't want to hear from Mormon furry saying, oh, well, you got to respect our religion. No, 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 no. I've dealt with the LDS Church for four years, and they have never once respected my views on anything, so they can go fuck themselves. I'm going to go ahead and just tell you right now, if you're offended by what I have to say about the LDS Church, turn off this podcast, never come back. I don't care if I lose listeners because I bashed the LDS Church, I didn't need them in the first place. I'd rather have people who want to listen and want to know what's a cult and what isn't and try to put these standards towards other groups that they may be in so that they may actually be able to spot the signs of a cult and get out as soon as they can. So anyway, uh, Sam and Tanner, they wrote this list, 10 signs you're probably in a cult. And the first one is, the leader is the ultimate authority. If you're not allowed to criticize your leader, even if the criticism is true, you're probably in a cult. I'm seeing this from a lot of con chairs, con chairs. They run the show at some of these con chats and anything that goes in the chat is dictated solely by the con chair. If the con chair doesn't agree with it, the con chair can delete it. And if the con chair does agree with it, then they let it go. Even if it's terrible, even if it's horrible, even if it's completely paradoxical to the rules that are set forth. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But yes, con chairs, I'm looking at you. You're the people that want to be all high and mighty and think that you are all knowing and that everything you say is true and that nobody can ask any questions about what you say or what you believe in. You need to stop this. These conventions, they are not for your benefit. They are not your events. They're not for you to pontificate your views. They are for everyone's enjoyment, not just yours number two the group suppresses skepticism if you're only allowed to study your organization to approve sources you're probably in a cult this is absolutely true we talked about this before they're trying to cancel me they're trying to cancel my show on twitter and anchor and uh, spotify good luck because they do not like what they're hearing on this show and i'm just like whatever I know that I'm living rent-free inside some of these people's heads, but they have no way to touch me. They can't touch me at all. And what they want to do instead is that they want to just tell everybody what they believe and if you believe otherwise, beat it. They only want to talk about sources that agree with their view. And if you bring other sources that are not agreeing with their view, they call it misinformation and they cast it out. They say that it's biased, that it's racist, that it's written by Republicans, blah, 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 blah. They give any excuse in the book to just lob it out. And then instead they put their sources, which align perfectly with their view. And then asking questions. If you ask the wrong questions you'll be treated to a mute or a block or a ban. You're not allowed to ask questions that criticize them. You're only allowed questions to ask more about what they believe in. And if you ask too many questions, again, you get a mute, you get a block, you get a ban. The group delegitimizes former members. If you can't think of a legitimate reason for leaving your group, you're probably in a cult. I want to flip this around and say that the group i.e., furries, delegitimize people who are in other groups instead of their group. And they give every explanation saying, oh, that group is, oh, that group is far right, or oh, that group is racist, or oh, that group is just harmful to our community. How could you? How could you go to them? Why aren't you staying in this group? I've left a lot of groups because they were toxic. They were absolutely toxic. They were very cult-like. They really gave me really bad cult-like vibes that I couldn't shake. So I had to just leave. I couldn't be around them anymore. And I don't want to be around the people that continue to allow this shit. If former members speak out, they are dismissed as bitter, angry, dishonest, or evil. Cults often impose some kind of shunning to shame former members and prevent them from infecting other members with the truth. Because the cult considers itself the ultimate authority on truth, it can't imagine anybody leaving it with their integrity intact. Thus, it has to perpetuate a false narrative that former members were deceived, proud, immoral, or lazy, or racist. The group is paranoid about the outside world. Oh boy. So what I believe about this there's a lot of people that are very paranoid you've heard me talk about coronavirus there are a lot of people very paranoid about what to do regarding conventions regarding meetups and they're very very paranoid because they think that what they're doing is for the betterment of everybody else but at the same time they think that coronavirus is killing a lot of people i think this applies mostly to furries who have all that anxiety about Going to a convention i hear it all the time i hear it when furries say i will go to mff if the case numbers drop below a certain number i'm like who gives a shit coronavirus doesn't give a shit about you coronavirus is going to find you if they want to find you whatever the numbers don't matter to you the numbers don't care about you stop playing this stupid numbers game with where you want to go go or don't go that's the only question you need to ask yourself Stop playing number games. That's what the government is doing. That's what the media is doing. That's what you are doing to yourself. There's no point in it. None. Absolute paranoia is what that is. And people are letting it go unchecked. And yeah, I said it. The group relies on shame cycles. If you need your group in order to feel worthy, loved, or sufficient, you're probably in a cult. Cult leaders trap members in shame cycles by imposing abnormally strict codes of conduct, usually prescriptions about diet, appearance, sex, relationships, or media, guilting members for their shortcomings and then positioning themselves as the unique remedy to the feelings of guilt which they themselves created. Cult members are made to believe that they are insufficient or unworthy on their own and that the only way to become worthy is to confess their shortcomings to the group. The leader then becomes the mediator of worthiness, the foundation of members' self-esteem. Leaders who can make followers feel bad about anything can use shame to manipulate followers into doing anything, even if it's against their own self-interest or better judgment. Let's just going back to that list that I was talking about. We do call-outs and shame people for all kinds of things all the time, and the people that are doing the call outs demand that they get an apology just so they can reject it. Isn't that sick? Absolutely sick. And again, it's the manipulation tactic. Number six, the leader is above the law. If you're held to a different moral standard, specifically in regards to sex, you're probably in a cult. A prevalent idea among cult leaders is that they are above the law, be it human or divine. This idea allows them to exploit their followers economically or sexually without repercussions. When confronted, they do not confess but create justifications for their impropriety. Sexual grooming of members is common. Loyal cult members will perform any amount of mental gymnastics to justify or ignore the leader's behavior. Time out! (laughs) So yes, this is again what I was talking about from number one, that I was telling you that con chairs are not to be talked down upon or told that they're wrong. They're held to a much higher standard sometimes to the point where we can't question what they do, no matter how bad it is. We can't stand up for people that are being bullied by these con chairs. We cannot because then we get the brunt of the blame as well. And now he has to remove two people instead of just one. You were trying to do the right thing, but you got punished anyway. Because, again, the con chair said, no, you're not going to confront me about that. Bullshit. Fuck you. The group uses thought reform methods. If your serious questions are answered with cliches, you're probably in a cult. Indoctrination or brainwashing is a process through which a cult slowly breaks down a person's sense of identity and ability to think rationally. The hallmark of indoctrination is the use of thought terminating cliches. Platitudes like follow the leader or doubt your doubts are regurgitated over and over so that members don't have to critically analyze complex issues. I see this all the time when I'm talking about coronavirus. and I'm talking about what's going on with natural immunity and ivermectin and the case numbers and what's going on with the vaccine, why isn't it stopping the virus, why isn't it stopping transmission, why is it stopping infection, and everybody just goes on with Stupid cliches, bullshit cliches that they've got from the CDC. You know, I call them out on it and it's like, well, trust the science. We got to trust the science. And it's like, bruh, you're talking to a data scientist here. Fuck off. And the group is elitist. I don't have to go any further with that. We know that furries are elitist. We know that there are so many furries who think they're better than everybody else. They think that because they get a fursuit from a certain fursuit maker, they're above everyone else. Have you ever seen this? There is no financial transparency. Now, in most cases, yes, there is financial transparency. But uh, in certain cases, like in CCFC, there was no financial transparency. And 10, the group performs secret rights. I'm going to flip this around and say that the group actually tries to create subsects where they are in a much more exclusive group. They only have a certain people within the right state of mind, actually, within there. And they bullshit and gossip about people that they don't like all the time. They're gossiping about me right now. They hate the show. That's how I knew about what they're saying about me, because somebody in the group told me about it. And I'm not naming names, so go fuck yourself. But that's how I know. So, anyway, I'm going to wrap it up in the next segment. We're going to continue the conversation after these messages. Stick around. Unleashed.
0: Looking for the best events in the DC metro area? Look no further than Metro Furs Events. Listings for the hottest furry events that are happening now in the DMV. Looking to host an event? Get the word out there with Metro Furs Events. Join us today on Telegram at t.me/metrofurs. Metrofurs events.
1: Have you ever wanted to grow your audience in new and exciting ways, but found advertising difficult or expensive? Hi, Lifty here, and you can grow your audience today on this podcast, reaching thousands of listeners weekly on Anchor and Spotify. To get started, just email us at liftyunleashedgmail.com at and you too can grow your audience with us. Unleashed. Welcome back to Unleashed. So, this is my last segment for this episode, and unfortunately, I ran too fucking long on the last segment, so this is going to be brutally short. And when it comes to the first question that I posed in the beginning of this episode, I asked, is furry a cult? And I'm not going to answer that. I believe that you, the listener, are very intelligent people. And I want you to just go over this episode. Go over what you've heard. Maybe go over it again one more time. And think about the moments that you've had in the furry fandom that might fit into this criteria. And then come back to the question, is furry a cult? And then if furry is a cult... We need to sit down and actually think about why are we doing this? Why are we letting our community become a cult? Why are we letting people that have such a strong arm actually dictate what goes on in this community? This is why I do not trust gatekeepers and I don't trust any effort to gatekeep this community because it's always going to be taken over by the steamrollers that I mentioned in the first episode. It's going to be taken over by the steamrollers. The doormats are going to just do what they do best and let them completely steamroll everyone into submission i do not like that we need to have a conversation as to whether or not the furry fandom is a cult and i want you to think about it i'm not going to answer for you i want you to answer and feel free to come to me i would like to have a conversation with you and the best way to have a conversation is to follow me on twitter at lifty unleashed feel free to like comment and subscribe to this podcast Uh, The best way to comment on the podcast is to, of course, leave a one-minute voice message on our anchor station, anchor.fm slash lift the Unleashed, and I will review it, and if I like it, I can definitely put it on another podcast episode. Anyway, thank you again for listening to this episode of Unleashed, and we will see you again next week. Good night.
0: to follow us online on twitter twitter.com slash lifty unleashed subscribe to this podcast and tune in next week for another exciting episode of Unleashed. unleashed